0: Welcome to the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast from Nashville, Tennessee. I am your host, John Martin Keith. Celebrities, working class musicians, and people who work behind the scenes in all areas of the music industry will share their stories, encourage you, and give practical advice of ways you can make a living doing what you love in the music industry. This episode is brought to you by Eden Brook Productions. Edenbrook Productions is the company I founded to help musicians grow in their craft. Are you a songwriter, but maybe you've been told your songs aren't quite there yet? Or are your songs ready, but you don't feel stage ready? Or maybe music is your passion, but you feel imprisoned by your day job and you don't know what to do next to make your dream a reality. Well, Edenbrook Productions is here to help. We offer consulting services via phone call, Skype, and FaceTime. And for the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast listeners, we're offering an introductory one-hour consultation special. Click on the link in the show notes to contact me, and let's get you making a living in the music industry. Hey guys, welcome to the show today. I'm excited to introduce you to my friend Wesley Cole. Wes is an independent artist and producer from Simi Valley, California, originally. Currently, Wes works at Brewhouse Music which is a custom sync licensing company in the LA area. And so one of the cool things about what Wes does with brew house is he takes artists and songs and finds a place for them to fit in the TV slash film slash commercial world. So the reason I know Wes is because I'm an artist that writes for his company. And so he's pitching my music to get them placed onto different TV shows and commercials and things like that. And so, I'm excited for you to hear his story and to learn about the ins and outs of what it takes to become an artist songwriter that's working in the TV and film world, if that's what you're looking to do. So now he's done other things as well outside of that. He works with live events and all kinds of cool stuff. So get your pen and pad, get ready to take lots of great notes. Hey, guys, I am hanging out talking with my friend Wesley Cole, who is in L.A. How are you today, sir? Doing great. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to to talk with me. I know you're in the middle of your afternoon in L.A., and I'm in Nashville, so we're about two hours apart. And uh, so my day is kind of ending, and you're just kind of stuck in the middle of, of work. And and so I appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your day to talk with me and share with my audience your story of how you've worked your way up through the music business and and what you're doing now. So I really appreciate you taking your time out.
1: Of course. My pleasure. I mean, it's the beauty of technology that we're able to do something like this. It is. So you and
0: I, just to kind of give my audience a a quick history of how you and I know each other. So we've known each other for roughly about a year, I think now. Uh And um, so you do music licensing in the TV film sync world. And, um, And so obviously I write music for TV and film projects. And I reached out to you. Uh, i think i just kind of emailed you out of the blue uh one day uh, a year or so ago and actually now to think about it there is a couple of co-writers that i write that i write music with and one of th- one of them uh sent you a christmas song and you liked it and you signed it uh-huh. and and then so i because of that i reached out to you and told you who i was hey i'm a part of this song and can i send some more songs to you and you're like sure and then you started signing songs and So we built a relationship that way. And so by the way, just on the record, thank you so much for liking my music enough to sign it and to be pitching it to projects. I appreciate that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, you know, you guys have a a tight knit uh, group there because I swear I I get a different person that knows someone like each day and it's a, it's a good thing to have that kind of system, you know? Yeah. Great tool. It has been a very helpful, um, supportive group of people that are focusing
0: on the, the sync side of music licensing and, and writing music for TV and film commercials and projects and things like that. So it's been really good for us um, and helpful and supportive and that kind of thing. So, um, But I, I'm grateful that you're willing to, to put yourself out there on the line for our music and telling you know, these production companies, hey, we believe in this music enough that we're going to pitch it to you. you know. So that's, that says a lot about you guys and, and what you think of, of us and our music. And so I'm just really grateful for that. But um, I want to just briefly talk about your history of where you're from, how you got into music to begin with, and, and then we'll just kind of roll into what it is that you do nowadays.
1: Okay, sure. Uh, so I'm uh, originally born in California, been here my whole life. Uh, I grew up in a town called Simi Valley. Uh, There wasn't like too much to do around there. So we spent most of our time creating, which originally got me into music. Uh, Both my mother and father uh, have been involved in music in some sense. My dad having played the drums, my mom played guitar and involved in her teaching. She's a teacher. Um, But uh, the entertainment industry as a whole has always been a huge part of my life. Um, So going into into college, I, I knew exactly where I wanted to go, which was music. And so I, I found a degree that was affordable and provided everything I needed in order to keep moving forward on that path, uh, at CSUN, which is California State University, Northridge. And I, I, uh, started in the music industry program. And that, uh, kind of is what started my, uh, education of all of the other things that you can possibly do inside of the music industry from,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, live touring aspects of things and live events and to the back end of things like publishing and, uh, and sync houses and things like that. And I immediately caught interest in writing jingles and that kind of thing. Um, because I'd always messed around with that stuff when I was a kid and when I was growing up, like in GarageBand and moving on to Logic until, you know, I was eventually able to invest in my own studio equipment. And and that was like my original goal. And uh, to some extent, I still get to do some things like that. But from, uh, from CSUN, I found my first internship actually in a business law class which was surprising because we had a substitute teacher one day. And um, he turned out to be a representative of a very uh, successful company called Position Music that uh, I then got to intern at for about half a year. And through there, I, I learned a lot of things. One, metadata, metadata, metadata. Right. <laughs> that is That is the best part of this job (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, just learning, starting to get an ear for sync and, and starting to really, uh, disconnect from just writing music from an artist standpoint and then taking into consideration elements that make a, a song commercially viable. That's what really changed the game for me to start. And so then, when
0: let me ask you real quick, when you, um, how far into school were you in college when you got this internship?
1: You know, I think I was in my junior year. So doing the internship, I wasn't expecting to get a job, you know, I still wanted to finish school, but mm-hmm. getting those first, you know, opportunities to get something on your resume is is so important and so crucial to finding your way into like an actual position. Um, You know, people should honestly always be searching for internships from as soon as they get out of high school or even in high school. Like I've, I know people that have opportunities when they're like just started senior year of high school. And, you know, the more you can get the the better chances you have at at growing. So, Metadata, metadata, metadata. Mm-hmm.
0: That's the term that I hate with a passion. But again, <laughs> you have to you have to know it. So, right. because you're you're wanting to go even in college in this internship, you're going straight into the sync world. Right. Is what you're wanting to do, right? So, explain to the audience what metadata is and why it is so important.
1: Yeah. So metadata is that one thing that takes the most time, but is the most essential when it comes to sync. Uh, and the way that we usually break it down is you start off with your generic terms, as in, you know, who is the artist? What genre is it? And then you go into some deeper things, as in moods, like what what kind of mood does this track make you feel? If Does it feel like a sunny, kind of like happy, outgoing mood? Or is it more of a melancholy, pensive sort of mood you know that that's how we start to um diversify within the catalog on top of that we sometimes attach keywords to things so if you hear a spot and you know just based on experience or firsthand uh experience you know uh, you can see that you know this is the kind of song that goes with a barbecue commercial you know this is the sure. kind of song that that you see on a uh on a skating video or something, you know, there's, there's a certain keyword asset to it that, uh, you know, becomes apparent. And so we'll, we'll try to come up with as many detailed ideas as possible that could attach to a song. So in the term that we do get that search, we'll easily be able to search it up. Uh, and we have a, a special tool in our catalog that allows us to search through tracks, um, which is, you know, Without that, it, this would be like next to impossible. <laughs> you have so right. many tracks, so many artists. So
0: you're talking about currently the with the company that you work with now, which is Brewhouse Music. Uh-huh. Is what you're talking about, the, the system that you guys have set up with that. So we'll, I want to get more into that a little bit later on as far as what you do with Brewhouse uh, sure. Music.
1: During college,
0: who was this internship with, that, again, that you were doing that with?
1: Uh, I was with Position Music. Position and, Music and okay. uh, my supervisor's name was Mark Chapello and he uh, had a an amazing ear for A&R. He actually was the guy who signed Welshly Arms to that company who went on to becoming one of these like staple artists in the sync world and just recently I I heard that they were signed to Republic Records. So, okay. you know, it was a A1 guy to be learning from and he taught me right. a lot of things.
0: So, can I ask what are maybe three things that, that he taught you that you've kept in your head all of these years doing this, that's still active in how you pursue your job
1: currently. I mean, I would say just having the ear for what, what makes a track syncable um, the, the band that he signed. Like I'm consistently always kind of referring back and getting that kind of concept in my head because there's, there's such a, a certain sound to it, you know, the stomps and the claps and the extra distorted guitar and the call and response sort of vocals, like those kinds of things to me just are, are sync gold these right. days. Right. Um, and then he also taught me that there's a point at which, you know, a song will sound like it was written for sync. And that's when you can actually lose opportunities. You want it to be, an authentic artist piece that still incorporates those elements. Sure. And so that's, I, I always take that into consideration when we get submissions. Aside from that, he just, you know, told me that to really like sink in as, you, as you're, you know, working in the company, don't take those uh, chances and and ask the boss out for a lunch, you know, you and, and kind of just know that if you keep your head towards it, you know, you'll get there eventually. Mm. And just kind of having that faith in yourself, even when, you know, at, at the beginning, you know, it's, it's super hard to find an opportunity. You know, you're just a fresh guy off the street. Well, why, (laughs) why are we going to give you this salary over this one? You know, so learning to remain persistent, which definitely was the case at, at the following internship, which I, uh, had uh, which was at this company called Human Worldwide, and uh, they they are a, a company that specializes in custom music, mostly in the advertising business. And this is pretty much where I, I entered into the advertising, as position music is it does a lot of work in trailers, um, and they've done some work in advertising as well in film. Um, but Human mostly focused on advertising and they were doing extremely well at the time when I joined them, they had just won a grand Prix at Cannes, which was a huge, you know, boost. And, Mm -hmm. and to see that, that office and to see, you know, where you can get, if you do start winning those spots, you know, they have a, they have a nice roster of composers that, that are working there and they have in-house composers that have their own built studios inside of their building that, you know, come to work and and they're just there to write. And, you know, that, that was all very exciting to me. And so interning there, I, I took every opportunity I could possibly take, uh, you know, if they need me to stay super late, if they need me to, you know, it, and over time you get more trust within the company. Sure. And that's, that's what opens the doors. There was one night where I had to stay and transcribe um some music for a spot but I can't name the actual brand um it was it was hilarious I was transcribing Darude's Sandstorm <laughs> which is a very uh simple song I'm not sure if you've heard of it but it's like the the staple of trance <laughs> it, it, I could sing it for you if you want <laughs> <laughs> you just had to do it so much huh yeah, um, uh, I it's, know. It's, it's just the funniest part about it is it's very repetitive. So like transcribing right. a song like that is hilarious because you're just sitting there going... And through that company, over time, they, they, they usually kind of uh, transition you over to the machine room aspect of things, which is a whole nother part of this business of sync world and commercials and advertising. And that's basically a a team of people that work behind the scenes, you know, pulling, pulling tracks from the catalog and editing them to picture and, and cleaning them up and cleaning up videos that are sent by clients and making sure that the VOs are attached, which is uh, voiceover, I'm sure, you know, but doing all those sorts of things um, amongst managing multiple emails and multiple deadlines requested from producers, which really kind of taught me the best ways to organize those sort of systems. Um, and you know, there's so much you can take from each, each position that kind of leads to the next.
0: So the machine room, you're saying that that is a group of people that, okay, let's, if, um, if you pick a song to be used in, some video a tv show or commercial ad or whatever it is and it goes to this group of people in the machine room and they're the ones who are responsible for taking that song if it's a three-minute song editing it down to like a minute commercial 30 seconds or whatever it is is that
1: that correct well i mean for the most part the spots were written to commercial so it was rare that they would be longer than 30 seconds you know we yeah. do sometimes it would be a, a matter of extending tracks too okay and and you know learning how to do that was is, is, is a super important tool because you you do that everywhere you go like even here we're still doing that i did that at several different companies um it's a it's an extremely like essential tool i would say
0: knowing how to extend a track,
1: track. yeah knowing knowing how to you know grab the downbeats and knowing how to build the track as well cuz you don't want to you don't want it to to feel stagnant you know starting from a slow beginning and building and then growing and adding in extra elements that you know would have been already glossed over if you had played the original track but sure take, almost like rewriting the song sometimes so at
0: this company um, what were some of the different positions that you held there? what you, cause you say you, you were working your way up through the company. So what all did you get to do for them?
1: Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff. And the thing is, you know, if you want to do something, you have to ask for it. You can't just expect them to give you the opportunity. And so, you know, I wanted to write, I wanted to start writing on these, uh, these briefs that were coming in and throw my own hat into the ring. And that opened so many doors for me because, once I got the approval to start writing on things, I started getting, you know, firsthand feedback from their in-house creative team that would tell me, you know, ways to improve my song, ways to use the right mix and listening to the, um, the reference track and taking the tempo from there and all these little tips that make such a difference when you're writing for something. You know, if you get a brief and it's like, we want a happy organic marimba infused, you know, piece, and you just go with that. And they, but they also provide you with a reference, and they provide you with an old spot. You know, you got to always take a look at those things. You got to always like completely dissect what they liked about the other spots and try to come as close as possible to that in your version. Yeah, uh, that's such a uh, a good thing to have. <laughs>
0: Are you always getting to, to write to picture or do you have to do it? Some of it's just completely from your imagination and <laughs> for different
1: things. So, you know, ideally you get to write to picture, but there are some times, yeah, where you just have to kind of imagine it. And sometimes you'll get a, a brief where, you know, the, the, the agency or the company that you're working with hasn't, completely landed on what direction they want to go yet, but they Mm -hmm. want to have something that has the right tempo and the right groove in order to film to. So they, sometimes you might even write a song and then they'll take your song and go on a set and record with that song playing in the background and marry your tempo to the picture, which is then, you know, the editor will then take the song playing in the background and edit it to that. You know, and then they might even not want the song anymore. <laughs> so now you yeah. have to take that tempo and and completely rewrite it. And yeah. it's really cool, though, when that happens because seeing seeing the picture after you write the sound can be such a an eye-opening experience. You're like, oh, wow, I never realized it could land in that in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have a big success over there, which was I was able to write a original composition for a, a national campaign for a uh, Chipotle, which nice was kind of my, uh, I would say it, it was like the height of that internship, of course, you know, winning yeah. a spot, making money. That's, that's great. Always a great thing. Yeah. So
0: that's really cool. I, I hadn't thought about that as far as writing music that would end up being used while they're filming a commercial or, or whatever the project is to use that as a reference that you get to do that. That's, that's a cool thing. I, I always think of it as they film the commercial and then they put a reference track to it to kind of give them an idea of what they want. And then they end up hiring someone to go back and kind of change, build something around what that was and replacing that.
1: You know? Right. And that so, totally happens too. Yeah. Yeah. But to
0: do what you're talking about, I haven't, I don't I guess I've heard of that being a situation. So that's cool that you get to do that.
1: Yeah. Those are those like really exciting opportunities. And even one really cool thing I got to do when I was over there was that we, we had a spot for a, a national fast food commercial and one of the composers that was on salary with the company was um, successful enough to have his arrangement of, of a song that they provided the lyrics for and then we were able to go back to my college believe it or not where they were filming in the auditorium there like the the newest uh performing arts center and you know to be back on campus and working on a spot i got to go and attend the actual live shoot Nice. and, and the, it was it was pretty hectic because it was it was like we were filming the commercial, but we also needed to conduct this live choir that was singing the arrangement that they had written. Like how crazy is that? And so yeah. you're, you're dodging moving set pieces while, while <laughs> trying to conduct this choir. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a blast, you know, That's cool. aside from that there was another thing that we did for uh, a car commercial that involved recording the exhaust sounds of of several cars with high speeds basically on a dyno Mm. and figuring out how to take that audio and create music with it. Like actually finding the pitches within the cars, right? It was, it blew my mind. I feel like I've seen that
0: commercial. Have I
1: seen that commercial? I'm sure you have. It was a, it was an Audi spot. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh,
0: I know that's familiar to me. So I'll have to go back and look that up, but I know that, that, I know that. So
1: that's cool. They did the Star Trek theme and the Cheers theme. Yeah. So that was really cool to see behind the scenes.
0: So the company that you're interning with did the Star Trek and the in the Cheers theme songs?
1: Yeah, through the through the exhaust of the Audi. Oh, okay. I got you. That is that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> that is really yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah. And they they flew out one of their composers from New York who had actually won that one. Um, okay. You know, that was also the first company that I'd been at that operated with two separate coasts, you know, working together simultaneously, which is right. pretty um, intense. And, you, you know, the timing is, is so different, you know, being able to juggle this person needs this by noon, but that's actually, you know, much earlier than you expect. That's 9 a.m. Right. So,
0: yeah. Because they're Eastern time and you're on Pacific time. Right. Exactly. So once you you spent some time working there as an intern, and mm-hmm. then
1: and then I and then I got a a, a hired position as somewhat of a full time intern slash machine room assistant slash freelance composer. Okay, this is for the same company. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and that's where you know I just kind of kept learning, kept growing, mm-hmm. um, and eventually I moved on to this place called massive music, which was a, or which is a international music house. And I was located in their Culver City office, right? You know, I kept doing a similar thing, writing music for spots, executing music searches and catalogs. Um, But one thing that they did teach me that was new was I got to start learning how to do business development and learning Sort of the business side of things, which you know is also very important to know. It's it's good to know that stuff because if you're a freelance composer and you don't have a sales rep working for you, you know this teaches you how to interact with agencies, how to interact with copywriters, art directors, creative directors, to because there's definitely a, a certain um, etiquette to it all, and and yeah, so they started training me. And that, and I started learning how to write emails and how to go online and, and take a spot and, and and see what I connect with on it and reaching out to clients and starting to build those relationships.
0: So I'm I'm curious if you're able to to share one or two things as far as like you talk about the etiquette of learning how to to approach people in these different positions that are working on these jobs mm-hmm. um you know i think most people know how to write an email most most people in my audience are going to i say that uh but there's always somebody who, who's not quite sure you know they're always always someone asking is like how do i how do i contact so and so about wanting to have music put into something so what would be some advice that you would suggest when someone's reaching out whether it be to you in your position currently or uh, maybe the positions that you are trying to reach out to people in, you know, mm-hmm. what some things that you should do, maybe uh, one or two things that you should not do when you're trying to communicate with people that you're trying to get music to. Does that make sense? Sure. Or?
1: Well, uh, I guess those are two different answers. So sure. if, if someone's reaching out to me, um, I would just want them to be pretty much blatantly direct. I'm very, cool when it comes to that stuff. You know, if, if tell me what you are, what you're doing, give me a link to listen to some music. That's, that's about it. And, and once I listen to the music, I'll know very quickly whether or not we'll be able to do anything. Um, yeah. as far as reaching out to clients goes, it's, it's keeping it short and sweet, but adding enough intrigue to catch someone's interest. Um, and to do that, it, it's always recommended that you only reach out on spots that you personally appreciate, not just, you know, there's this many spots right here. I mean I might as well just reach out to all of them. That's while while that could work, I think it's more um, authentic to be able to add a add a life anecdote or something in the in your email that really connects to what you saw or say how you know it impacted you or you Appreciate this joke, or you really enjoy this actor or comedian who is featured in this spot, and connecting with people that way—that um, right. that can be huge.
0: Yeah, that's good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm also curious as far as when you're working at these companies, and these are custom music houses, so you you are creating the music, you're getting to write music for these commercials. Now do you always have a reference track that you're that you're basically replacing or is there sometimes that they're just giving you just picture and they're saying okay we want you to write the music completely from scratch and but we want maybe we want it in sort of this this genre or this vein of of music uh, but just just go you just make it up and go
1: Yeah I it's it's always very exciting when you get those sorts of briefs i do i would say they're they're pretty rare um because for the most part an agency will already have a somewhat uh direction that they're looking to go Mm -hmm. whether it's you know based on something they've done in the past that's direct to brands because brands have a certain sound to them too which you start to learn from years within the business you'll be like okay yeah that sounds like a nike spot you know Mm -hmm. um and when you do get those opportunities to go wild with it, even when they say, you know, go for it, just wow us. I would highly recommend listening to some of their past stuff and yeah. taking from there and then creating it from, from, you know, whatever you creatively want to design.
0: Right. I think that's smart. That's wisdom. Knowing what has been used that has been successful. And again, like you said, they've got a brand that, that they're built around and the sound that is built around that brand already. So right. you're, you want to stay within the realm of what that sonic branding is, you know, and then kind of add your own flavor to that basically.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, the, the extra touches that you can add on your instruments, you know, I think that tape delay is like one of the most essential tools as far as, sprucing up your sounds to make them sound a little more familiar um that is huge uh as well as just knowing how to make a song that's not so busy that it completely distracts from what's going on on the screen Mm because you might have an amazing song but it might it might be too much for what the commercial is actually asking for you know Right. Especially if there's a lot of VO over there. You don't want to have like a million different percussive elements because that that'll just muddy up the VO. Right. Now, are you talking about when
0: you're creating custom music to a commercial that's only 30 seconds long already? So you're creating a 30 second spot or are you talking about, you know, because like when I send music to you, I'm sending you I send you full songs
1: right most of the time so it's a little it's definitely different than um sending full songs it's there's a there's a whole formula to it all right you start to learn kind of how you know oh here at 10 seconds this is where the music's gonna cut out and we're gonna do a big switch and now we're gonna jump into the part where everything's you know going full speed and then maybe we'll drop out again right at 20 seconds and then we'll amp up again for the last five like yeah there's there is definitely a path and once you work with enough tracks that have been written in that style mm-hmm. you'll see that they're very interchangeable they all right. follow a similar technique there sure yeah because i've written you know like you are like you've
0: been doing you know i write music for commercials that that custom you know you got a 30 second spot that you're trying to fill in and it's hard you know it's like you're trying to create an entire song the concept of a song at least, you know, in a very short time frame. Plus, like you said, trying to avoid the spots where there's voiceover happening, you know, so you're trying to fill in these gaps and, uh, and still make a complete cohesive song fit in a very short amount of time. That's not easy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, especially when you're writing jingles, you said you've written some jingles. I've had mm-hmm. to write a couple of jingles and jingles are hard, man. People will probably think it's ah, jingle. That's, that's super easy. I think that's one of the hardest things to do. Lyrical. Yeah. I
1: mean, I mean, jingles in, in a sense have somewhat evolved as to what that word means to me, at least like I, I, I refer to jingles as almost any music in a commercial. And the thing that people don't realize is that these, the, the music, that little 15 second track is produced at the same quality that an artist would release like a professional artist because Absolutely. that's how good it has to be these days right. yep. you know yep. it's it's not just oh let me just throw it together this little jingle let me just hum a tune for you you yep.
0: know
1: sure there's it's all the elements the same studio design the same mixers the same plugins all that stuff right and to
0: me the the hardest thing with the with writing jingles. And so when I say a jingle, you know, the companies that are wanting a song that talks about their product or their brand, you know, Mm -hmm. it's rooms to go, you know, and they're wanting to, you know, you're talking about colors and styles and, uh, you know, bedding and whatever, you know, this, like there are certain phrases that they ask you to put in or certain words they want you to put in sometimes to these jingles, you know, and you got to create a song about, you know, about a furniture store, you know, it's like that is, that is, That's hard, (laughs) you know? And I've had to do it. Um, Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, I mean, I would would compare that back to when, you know, when I'm doing metadata and thinking of keywords, you know, you gotta think of what a furniture store would make you feel. Does it feel homely? Does it feel warm, you know? Yeah. And then sort of start to create your track with that idea in mind.
0: Yeah, well, one of the things that's interesting to me is because I've, I mean, I've been told by some, some licensing companies and some supervisors that jingles are kind of dead. You know, people don't like write jingles as far as like, you know, the rooms to go or where you put the name of the company in the song itself, that, that kind of stuff, just like we're talking about, but Mm -hmm. it's become more of, you know, an actual song that fits the idea or the feeling of the emotion of what the company is about you know like they say you know if it's if it's a diaper commercial you don't sing about diapers right you don't say the word mm-hmm. diaper. you don't you, you talk about loving you know loving and caring and you know that kind of thing the the in home and because you're trying to create that emotion right of family and of children and that kind of thing yeah um, so you don't they don't do that a lot anymore but as i've been watching commercials in the past few months or so like i've seen a lot of jingles kind of come back into play like where they're actually putting the the actual context of a brand in the song itself and it's kind of it to me it's kind of this resurgence of of sorts and uh, so I've, i've found that
1: interesting i think it's it's very common for brands these days to take an old song that everyone knows that's familiar and revamp it you know the the state farm jingle, you know, there or you know, not the state farm. I'll, I'll say the nationwide jingle Yeah, the nationwide yeah. is on your side. You know, they, they were able to keep that same melody, that same familiar jingle, but then they added in artists, you know, singing it in their own respective genres, Right. which, which is more, you know, modern, it's current. It People can connect with it more instead of just a, a sound it's, we actually did one of those at Massive. Um, we were working on the Tori Kelly one, which was cool. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, oh, I love Tori getting Kelly. to write a, getting to write a spot and thinking of how the artist would write it, and then you know the winning spot went on to then be performed by her, which is very cool. Um, so,
0: so okay, so let me ask you that. That's that's interesting to me. I, lo- I I remember that commercial, and I love Tori Kelly. She's one of my favorite singers. Okay, so someone wrote the version that Tori Kelly ended up singing, they did exactly uh, nationwide. didn't go to Tori Kelly and say, Hey, we want you to write your version of what this jingle would be. And you sing it. Somebody else did it. And then she performed that person's version. Right. That's yep. interesting. See, I wouldn't have thought that I would have, I watching that commercial, I would think, Oh, Tori Kelly came up with that or her, her, co- her co-writers or whoever, you know, mm-hmm. her people that she works with would have done that together. So that's fascinating to me that, she had nothing to actually do with that.
1: That one song that she has that's uh, – it's something about, like, achieving your dreams. I mean, a lot of her songs are about that. Yeah, I'm yeah. To, oh, yeah. Y- you know, taking that song, which was her biggest hit, and just dissecting the elements of that and then writing the song around that, that was pretty much the strategy there. Mm, you know, that's smart. She, she likes to do those – those little kind of like palm muted strums on an acoustic guitar. So, yep. you know, you know, it's got to be there. Got to throw some riffs in, of course, you know, right. thinking in the, in the in the mind of the artist is it's a pretty unique task.
0: Very much. Yeah, that's very interesting that, that they did that that way. So that's good to know. I think that's great for my audience to know for people that are wanting to get into writing custom music or jingles, or if they're just trying to get their own music into, uh, you know, into the sync world, it's like, that's an option. Okay. Think of your favorite artist write your song in a vein that's similar to what they do in that sort of that area of what they do. And then that might be an opportunity for that artist to sing your song. You know, that's similar to what they do already in uh, you know, in an ad or in a show or whatever it is. So that's cool.
1: And, and that goes right along with the whole ghostwriter movement as well, you know. Just writing songs that you think you could hear your favorite artist singing and potentially you know, it could happen. They they might approach you if if it sounds right, if, if you reach out and they just instantly are like, Yes, this is the song we want this top forty artists to perform. That can happen. It does all the yeah. time.
0: Okay, so what do you think is the hardest part of writing custom music and so when we say custom music you'd say you're working for a custom music house or music mm-hmm. house that has custom music so you know when you're writing music for commercials or let me ask you this what kind of what did you write music for you did obviously you did commercials did you also do tv shows and movie trailers or films and things like that as well or is it just strictly for ads at that time
1: For the most part, it's been ads. I did do a side project where I scored a a short film. um, And that was a whole, you know, I liked that experience a lot because for once, I didn't have someone like telling me exactly what I had to do. I mean, of course, you got to get approval from the director. But if you you don't like taking feedback and and doing re-edits and stuff, then the commercial industry is not the one. (laughs) It's not the one. Right. Um, sometimes that'll go on for months at a time. It it takes a while to eventually clear something. And then it's funny. When, one guy that I knew at a past job told me, like, he didn't believe he he won the song until it actually aired. <laughs> Even if they said, you know, you never know. Because sometimes your song might go through, but then somewhere in, in the past, some editor put this reference on and they got, you know, they fell in love with it. And so that's what the client ended up buying. They stuck it, with the reference. Mm-hmm. It can, it can happen. Yeah. How,
0: how often do you think that happens as, as far as someone keeping the reference track as opposed to switching it out with something different?
1: I mean, I would have to say I'm sure it happens a lot. Uh, I would say that a lot of it can come down to the budget, and then it, a lot of it can come down to what kind of results they're getting from from whoever's writing for the spot. If they're not landing on the same note if they're not feeling it and the reference track is right and they they get that demo love kind of thing going Mm -hmm. then you know you're cooked (laughs) the reference track is going to take it
0: what uh, let me ask you this if someone's using a reference track Mm -hmm. they're not going to put a track on as a reference track if they didn't like it to begin with correct
1: yes okay so if and this is this is in the terms of the editor liking it usually it's the editor who picks the reference track okay
0: um but then the production like the director and executive producers and everything like are they having to sign off on what the reference track is to be used uh just 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 as a reference not not for a final but just to use it as a, even as a reference to the, so they can see it and put that music to it and say yeah that's what we're looking for um i mean the directors or producers have to sign off on that correct
1: well depending on the spot you know if it's if it's a spot that isn't completely based on the music i'm sure it's a little looser than you would think okay now if it's like a spot that's like a huge you know music production and they've got this artist involved yeah i would assume that they would need approval every step of the way Mm -hmm. um but if it's if it's a spot where you know, they're, they're getting a concept across and now they need to just get the music to match the feeling of the whole commercial. Right. A lot of the times an editor will, will go on something like killer tracks or, and find a, a, a song and, and just throw it on there and edit it with that just to, just to send the vibe along, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of steps along the way from my understanding that agencies need to check in with clients and, and, Confirm with them that they're going the right direction, that the client's happy. Sure. Because that's that's a whole another thing uh, when when you think of it. In a way, the agency is the middleman, unless you're working direct with client. So even if you even if your song goes through with the agency and the agency loves it, if the client doesn't like it, you're back to square one.
0: Yeah, client being rooms to go or. Wendy's or whoever it is, whoever the the brand of the commercial is going to be for, that's the client. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm just trying to figure out, uh, I'm curious when a reference track is used and the editor likes it, they liked it enough that they're going to put it on, you know, to use as a reference. Then, Mm -hmm. you know, their director hears it, their producers hear it, the client hears it. They're like, yeah, we like that. Why would you not just go with, the reference track to begin with like why if you like it enough you're like that's great why go about having to replace it and have and paying someone else to do a custom track to it or is that when you say that that they're just going to use it anyway because they already do like it
1: yeah i mean i would say that sometimes it comes down to whether or not the agency feels like it's Enough of a creation, you know sure. why wouldn't Why wouldn't you want to have your own music that you helped make? That I, I, I would totally understand that. You know, pulling a reference just feels a little too easy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so does
0: an editor ever? An editor is obviously they're not a composer, you know. I mean, there some of them are. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Do editors, in your experience, ever create a custom track to throw on there as the reference? hoping that it's going to become the
1: final? You know, it's it's possible. I haven't run into that. I haven't known anyone. I mean, I do know editors and I know editors that write music and uh, on a professional sense, it would they would have to be really darn good. <laughs> They'd have to be really good at both editing and writing music. And in order to be amazing at both of those things, that would be a pretty good feat to accomplish. Um, I, I feel like that's a very rare occurrence um, however, there's a lot of places that do have in-house music teams yeah. and those people you know of course they're running the gamut they're if you're reaching out to them they're gonna tell you we've got we've got someone who handles all that stuff for us and there's nothing you can do about that unless you have something that they don't You know, if if, if that guy can't write this style or if you just have this music that is just like so, so fresh and new, Mm -hmm. you know, to to break away from what from what's there. A lot of it is extremely relationship based. Sure. Of course.
0: Yeah. So when you guys when you're creating music at a custom music house and you're writing the music, you know, you're replacing the reference tracks. Most of the time, correct? That's what your job is, is to create custom music that is to replace what is already there as a reference. Yeah. That's what you were doing. Or you were creating it from
1: scratch. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd say that sometimes we get a concept and we'll get a couple reference tracks. And then one other thing I'd want to add is that sometimes a reference track is something like a Katy Perry song or something, and you can't use it. You know, right. That's another reason why they wouldn't go with the reference because that's way too much money gotcha. that, yep. they're, that they're going to be willing to spend. So they're yep. going to want to find the next best thing. And a lot of the times they will reach out to the actual artist. If it's If it's not someone as big, then they'll try to negotiate a thing. And if they can't, then they'll go and explore more options. And then if that doesn't work, they may just end up going with it and, and giving them the price they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, however, like around at, at brew house, we, uh, we receive a, a, a numerous amount of styles of briefs. And, uh, since we're working a lot with, uh, Hasbro, we're, we're always creating custom music for them. And sometimes they'll give us some lyrics and we'll create a song for them. Uh, and then sometimes we'll we'll get a music search in and in those situations we'll scour our catalog and pull pull tracks that work for that. And if they like something like that, but they want options, we could either take that track and open it and create a slightly different alteration, or we could, you know, create something fresh. Sure. Currently you work with Brewhouse Music,
0: mm-hmm. uh, which is a music licensing agency. And how long have you been there now?
1: I've been here for about a year and a half. Okay, so not too much longer before I, you and I
0: got introduced to each other actually, roughly.
1: Yeah. That's cool.
0: Um, and what is your, your position, your title there?
1: Currently I am a producer here. Uh, I started off as a music coordinator and then I became a project manager and now I'm a producer.
0: Okay. And so what does that entail as a producer? Like what is what does that mean for the audience?
1: Um, so now I mostly focus on, on uh, business development and making new connections with brands and creatives and working on uh, networking for the company. Um, but kind of along the way, I, I've sort of maintained my responsibilities in each uh, section. So I, I do still manage our catalog and I still sign artists into that which is what I originally started doing as a music coordinator mm-hmm. and then as a project manager you know I'm, I'm in charge of making sure we deliver on time make sure we're moving forward with our designated tasks for the week uh, running the social media for the company um, trading reels and sending those out and recently we started making these pretty cool playlists that are Resident graphic designer slash composer slash partner Joseph has been making for us, which look very cool. Okay. But yeah, I'm I'm really grateful to this team for for giving me all these opportunities, and you know they're they're very cool, very cool guys.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So now you guys do commercial ad campaigns, Mm -hmm. TV commercials. Um, You also do TV shows and film projects correct mhm um, and do you guys do movie trailers as well or just just put pitching for the actual movies themselves
1: that is one area that i'd really like to expand further into the movie in this trailers next coming year mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and uh, we've done video game trailers which in okay. some extent can run along the same lines of, of style you know, it, it it always depends on what they're looking for. So we're a very reactional business. However, taking that forward approach and getting our, what I would say, like the S class tracks and sending those over to to trailer houses and starting to build a relationship there. So they have them, you know, right. for the most part, people will get an email, they'll see the songs, they'll download them, and then they'll just have them in a folder. And if, if a job comes in and they're looking for something, then they'll peek through and find whatever works. And I'm sure there's, you know, there's a lot of competition there. So,
0: yeah. So in, in the space that you guys are working in with the ads and TV shows and the actual movies themselves, when you're getting briefs, which is the information that a production company is sending to you saying, or, or a client sending to you saying, we want, this kind of music for this type of project and send us what you have, what would you say is a couple of the main genres that you guys are always being asked for?
1: Okay. Uh, Well, for the most part, they're always looking for something new, something that's never been heard before. (laughs) That's that's usually a starting uh, figure. But as far as genres, I would say we get a lot of cool crate digger style uh, hip hop, like sampled kind of cool vintage sounding beats. Okay. Um, those, we've gotten a few briefs for those, you know, of course, around this time of the year, we get a lot of holiday briefs or holiday mm-hmm. spots. Um, you know, a lot of it comes down to, to concepts and, and kind of the way that culture is moving. So, you know, with a lot of activism and and feminism and, and, you know, women empowerment, we get a lot of briefs for songs that kind of amplify that as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking for artists that have that kind of confidence that'll just burst right through on picture. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's honestly an endless possibility for what's going to come in the door, which is why I really like doing this. Because yeah. it keeps it so exciting. Sure. You know? One day we might be doing some crazy Afro-Cuban beats, and then the next day we're doing like hardcore dubstep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never know.
0: Yeah. Now, when it comes to commercials, are you? You guys are because you're also a custom music house as well. So you have in-house producers working on music, as uh-huh. a, as well as having artists like myself sending you music, just like full songs to pitch so what would you say but maybe percentage wise ratio wise do you get more of do you get more companies asking you for the custom music you know create a 30 second spot for me uh, in that realm versus full songs from from artists that are trying to get you know music licensed themselves like myself Mm -hmm. or like what does that percentage just kind of across the board
1: look like for you you think it's, it's pretty half and half. I would not oh, really? have to say. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of times when we'll get a search and it's due by the end of the day, or it's due in the next two hours. You know, Yeah. if we have enough time to create custom music, we'll do it. But if we don't, you know, then we're going to just rely on our catalog or very, very quick outreach to people that we can rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good.
0: That's good. This is Great information. I appreciate you sharing all this because this is, this is kind of stuff that people don't hear very often. You know, it's like, you gotta, you, you can't go online and just look up that, the answer to that question and <laughs> get, get a straightforward answer, yeah. you know, so I appreciate you being willing to share that that and so that the, the audience knows, you know, because there are, I know a lot of people that are, you know, working in this, the sync music world that are trying to get their music licensed um, and some people want to do composing for custom music houses, and mm-hmm. some people just want to be more on the artist side of things and try to get their music as an artist license. And to know, you know, kind of what that looks like, where you're maybe, maybe where you should put your foot in the door and focus on this side or on this side more heavily, depending on who that person is, um, is really good. Right. That's good. For I me. mean,
1: for on the artist side of things, we. Uh, me and and the rest of the company like we like to focus on artists that are actually out there doing it like their their goal is to be touring and to have that fan base and i think that sync is a huge opportunity to grow your fan base and to get those placements and get on those spotify playlists you know we're we're sending around playlists to clientele that are totally off the charts and, and, you know, they're, they're, they're getting that sort of exposure that you wouldn't just be able to have Mm -hmm. as yourself, you know, just by yourself.
0: So I have a lot of people that ask me, a lot of artists that say, you know, I want to, you know, I'm trying to get into sync. Um, I've got, it. I have this new song I just recorded. Should I, as an artist, should I release it? Go ahead and release the song now. And hope that it gets picked up, you know, and placed in either a show or an ad or whatever. Or should I hold on to it and wait until somebody says that they want to license the song? And then whenever, whenever that commercial or TV show comes out, then I release it simultaneously with that release when that show or, or ad goes live. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Do, which of the Do you see a preference... From your side of things, does it matter one way one way or the other?
1: Well, it I guess it depends on what your network is at the moment. Like are you working are you a full DIY musician or are you working with a label and you're you're doing your own grind at the same time as wanting to get your song placed in sync?
0: Yeah, I would say from the do-it-yourself indie artist um that's out working it themselves. Because yeah, when you've got a label and management company and all these people that you have this team around you that you're signed to. And they're pushing you and they're marketing and strategizing and all that kind of stuff. I think that's a little different than when you're you an independent artist, you know, right. actually reaching out to licensing agents and supervisors and whoever on your own. So that's I'm more thinking along that line for people that I know.
1: Yeah. So you're so you're definitely referring to from the artist's standpoint, like this is their artist's music. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say I'd say that there are huge benefits to having unreleased music and we have gotten actually several briefs in the past where they're looking for unreleased songs that they want to break with a new product. Okay. Um however, if if you don't have a ton of music released and you and you're looking to build your your footprint and and your following, I wouldn't just sit and wait, you know, for a sync to happen because many times it takes a while, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it takes it takes a while, and you could literally get a call four years from the day that you signed your song with a sync label, and all of a sudden you've got this placement with this new spot, and it could just appear like that. And sometimes we even take there's moments where we might pitch a song that's exactly that, and and they'll love it. Mm-hmm. And boom, you know, now your song's in. Um, right, but
0: what if you've waited that four years to release a song, thinking, you know, well, I don't want to put it out because it might get synced, but it it could be years down the road before it happens. So, do you take that chance?
1: I would say, I would say, if you think a song is a hit, um, give it a deadline. You know, if it's if if you haven't gotten a placement as an unreleased song, I mean there's no point in, in, in just continuously hoping and praying. Like I understand that from one side, but then again, I think that you should keep moving forward. Sure.
0: Yeah. So like even that song, um, safe in these arms that's belongs to me and a guy named Trey Hill, who is the artist, uh, that you guys, you signed that song. Um, I sent that to you, you know, a month or so ago and you're like, dude, this is great. I love it. Um, signed it. And so now you're pitching it. And he actually went ahead and just released it as his new single uh, just a couple of weeks ago, um, uh-huh. you know, cause we're super excited about the song and, you know, yeah, we wanted to get a placement at some point and hopefully it will sooner than later. But if it, you know, if it, even if it is three or four years down the road, it's like, well, there's life in it now for him as an artist. So we want it to be out there, you know, and it, I, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. and I know what you're saying. And at the same time, it's like, that's a tricky place to be for artists and songwriters. It's like, okay, I've got this song. I want to get it out to the world because this is what I do as an artist. Right. And I'm out touring and, yeah. you know, and so I can't wait necessarily for the, the hope down the road that this might happen when this is happening right now. Does that make sense? Right. You know, cause it, it, it can still get placed. Like, even though it, we've already released the song, Obviously it can still be used as in license because I mean there's tons of huge artists that have you know, Imagine Dragons, those guys, they put out a song, it's a hit single, and then it gets placed into a Jeep commercial. Right? Yeah. Because because it's because it's a hit song.
1: You know, that kind of thing. So for okay, so for example, if you have if you have an album that you're in the process of working on and You know, you've you've set a deadline for yourself as to when you want to release it or when you want to at least have it complete. And, you know, by timing, you get a a brief or you get an email from whoever's working your sync or someone like that, a manager, and they're looking for an unreleased song. That's that's when I think those things happen. Yeah. You know, you've, you've, you've been working on the song. It's put away, but you're still working on the rest. You're not ready to release the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, just just if you write a, a whole single and you've got it finished and ready to go, you know, you can always play that gamble or you can put it out. It, it's, it's up to you, really. Sure. Yeah. Uh,
0: that makes total sense. So when someone reaches out to you, as an artist, what is it that you're looking for when an artist comes to you and says, hey, I'm interested in uh, having my songs licensed to put into you know, TV shows and movies and would love to work with your company. What is it that you're looking for to be signed and how do you determine whether or not you want to work with that artist?
1: Well, to start, if we have a surplus of of the genre that we were submitted and if the song is not top quality production value that's an instant you know we're gonna have to pass because there's there's no point in getting extra music that's not as produced and as mixed as the top in that certain style mm-hmm. so i would highly recommend that you Anytime submitting music, you know, you submit the absolute best quality mix and master, even if it's, even if you're not sure if the song's finished. Like if you're if you're sending it out to someone, that song has to be ready to go. If you if you're sending around demos, it it should be to like someone you know personally. If if you're if you're sending a demo to a supervisor or a sync agent. That's, that's a quick way to just kind of have the door shut. Um, yeah. However, you know, there's, there's certain elements, like I mentioned before that I'll instantly hear in a song as far as syncability goes when it comes to incorporating hand claps or the call and response, Hey ho kind of thing, or, you know, just. The energy of the song as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's, you know, in in more of the TV and film side of things, there's there's more of a varying style. But in in advertising, there's not too many different styles out there that you know that you'll get a brief for that that are gonna land in a spot. That's why seeing commercials, like you know, you know exactly what kind of music's gonna be with that kind of commercial, right. Now, when, when it comes to doing custom music, do you guys ever
0: bring in outside people to do you know, like um, an independent contractor type work for someone outside of your actual company to write custom music for some projects or do you just work with the people that are already inside Brewhouse Music to create music custom wise for uh, commercial projects?
1: Yeah, so absolutely, we definitely um, do some outreach. Actually, there was this guy who I had discovered, and I believe he lives somewhere in Europe. And we gave him an opportunity to write on a on a Comcast spot that we ended up winning with his with one of his songs. Nice. And so, you know, it does happen, and it all depends on. You know i would highly recommend that people always make it clear that they are willing to do that stuff yeah. however nowadays i've uh, created a, a form that i send out to all the artists that we work with in order for them to fill out and kind of list what their specialties are as far as styles go mm-hmm. um, and moving into 2020 we're we're trying to do a lot more outreach for for that kind of thing even on you know smaller budgets spots sure so we want to we want to bring in more music we want to give people more opportunities and you know when when you are writing for one of these projects there will be demo fees involved of course meaning that you will that you're willing to pay the the artist
0: composer uh, a demo fee to create to create a demo that will be pitched hopefully that hoping that it will land as the actual spot exactly
1: yeah Yes. What and then what
0: does that look like? What like what's an average price range that a demo is uh, rate is paid for?
1: Usually around three hundred dollars okay. is about the typical. And now if it's a if it's like a six second uh, thing, the six second mnemonic or a six second uh, uh, sting closer. Sting, yeah. yeah. Then uh, you know you might be looking at about half of that. Okay. And $150 or so and then there's also opportunities for vocalists so yeah. since we do have a full studio here um, in Los Feliz we do bring in vocalists from time to time and they'll come in and they'll sing for a session and depending on how long the session goes and obviously how many how much demo fees we have to work with you know we'll pay them respectively mm-hmm. as well
0: yeah uh, and then as far as like if you if you do the demo, you get paid a demo rate. If it actually lands and you get you win the spot, then what would be an average
1: price range that you uh, that you get to do a commercial? Well, there's 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 a whole breakdown as far as usages go. So yeah. if it's if it's used for a digital spot like social media and stuff, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be like some huge huge profit now if you land a broadcast spot and it's national broadcast you know then you're looking at a higher Mm -hmm. a higher payout um it's always varying depending on the client's budget and the usage um i i I mean to give it a rough estimate i mean most most digital spots are anywhere between like three thousand to ten thousand digital being so, like online yeah okay like online use only slash social media right no not not broadcast okay not. okay and then like and then
0: but if it ends up being a broadcast then it's going to be that much or more than i'm assuming
1: exactly okay yeah i mean they can grow exponentially yeah and it also depends on like what commercial like if you win a super bowl spot sure obviously you <laughs> but you can either yeah. do
0: national you know nationwide spots or a regional spot which might just cover a couple of states or something that's just local um just within your town or your your one state kind of a thing um and then you're online which is your you're talking about social media youtube and things like that um okay that's cool well um just wrapping up here i mean we could go on for for another hour i could easily talk to you another hour but i know you got work to do and (laughs) so but uh just to wrap up here what would be you know, some advice, some practical how-to advice for people wanting either artists that are wanting to get into to doing this, you know, trying to get their mm-hmm. music either to be a custom music composer or as an artist getting their music in to guys like you into mm-hmm. the world or for people that will, that want to come and work, you know, as a licensing agent or within a licensing company or on the custom music side that works in that company itself like what are some advice here's some things to do here's some things not to do to uh, to get your foot in the door to do those types of things
1: well on the side of being a artist in sync i would say don't base your music off of what what you think is going to be syncable always write what comes natural to you and then on the in the past you know once you've once you've moved on then you can start thinking about adding in those syncable elements that will help this the song to boost its commercial appeal Mm -hmm. um but really just write what is what is authentic to you because we'll know we'll know whether it's something you wrote because you thought this would sound good in the commercial you know that's that's not gonna do as well as an authentic artist piece, which is also what the agencies are looking for. Sure. Um, so, you know, I would just say, write as many songs as possible in your own vein and produce them as well as you possibly can. And, and, and you know, take a chance and throw it out there and see what happens. There's yeah. a lot of the time, you know, you you'll be surprised at the opportunities that can come. Yeah, that's great. Um, And then in the sense of a person looking to be doing kind of the things that we do, I would say just start taking as many opportunities as possible, meaning interning, meaning, uh, reaching out to, to sink houses in your area and seeing if you can't shadow somebody or, you know, even a phone call with people just to get their, your name on their mind and show your interest you know it's never it's never going to hurt to ask to to see if there's opportunities there to see if they're looking for someone to help or to help out and you know you may have to you know sometimes do a lot for a little in order to get in the door that's that's just sort of the way it goes in in the music industry at least yeah yeah it's part <laughs> it, of it, it so you know, be, be willing to put in those extra hours. Yeah. Uh, Make those outside of work connections with the people you work with. Cause sometimes you'll see that people from other jobs will help you to find new jobs elsewhere.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. That's great. Yeah. And just network your head off. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Awesome. Well, man, thank you so much for your
0: time. I appreciate it. I'm going to let you get back thank to you. work and I I'm grateful for knowing you and for, again, for you taking, Uh, interest in in my music and and putting it out there and for coming on and just sharing your expertise and uh, all the stuff that you know and helping people in my audience to to build help build their career as well so i'm grateful for that so have a great day man we'll talk to you again soon
1: all right take care
0: thank you guys so much for joining us as we talked with wesley cole today at brew house music i hope you take the information that we talked about and find ways that you can apply this information to your career and to your life. So if you guys are interested in becoming a sync songwriter, a sync artist, or you're wanting to write music for, specifically for commercials and that type of thing, then this information is vital for you because he is living this out. He's the guy who's in charge of helping make sure that you get your music to where it needs to go. So be sure to take what we're talking about seriously and find ways to make this work for you. Remember, Edabrook Productions is here to help. If you need consulting services via phone call, Skype, or FaceTime, be sure to let me know how we can help you begin to make a living in the music industry.